0: and gore and sometimes a little more my bloody podcast (laughs) good evening good morning good afternoon whenever you're listening to this whether it's on your drive to work or you're ignoring that book that's on your table uh, we're glad that you're listening. This is the My Bloody Podcast, your hopefully go-to horror podcast, and I am your host, Preston Barda, and my co-host, who... what's a good one? I've I've said you've drank my milkshake, you've... oh gosh, I'm, I'm, you, need I, a, uh, you need a really good one this time, because <laughs> this is the you're uh you're gonna be uh you're gonna be the new uh, jason replacement Ooh. you're gonna be the new jason you're gonna be the man behind the mask <laughs> you're the man behind every mask <laughs> <laughs> yes i am kiddies so <laughs> mr brian Kluger oh how are you today? i
1: i'm doing fantastic i just just enjoying all the good horror movies that are coming out uh in the theater And on Blu-ray, there's lots of fun stuff. It's it's damn hot up in this Dallas, Texas. 150 degrees every day right now, but I'm not going to let that get me too sweaty, even though I like to be sweaty and greasy like my favorite strangler, the greasy strangler.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I can vouch for you, yes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I can vouch for you. He knows it. He knows it. How are you, man?
0: I'm pretty good. I, um, I have recently moved north, or I guess my house is still on the market, but we made our way north because I started a job last week, a new day job, at a advertising agency, and I also will be helping out with their pot. Yeah. Okay. So, um... That'll be fun. I'll be talking about bank stuff and all sorts of things. Um,
1: Preston is going uh, from so, a horror podcast to a banking podcast. Oh my god! I can't wait to listen to this. You got to work in the horror podcast into this banking podcast for sure. <laughs> okay. Like 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 a Simpsons, yeah. Troy McClure. It's a you wise know.
0: way to spend your money.
1: <laughs> it's a nice way to spend your money. Horror movies. Hello, I'm Preston Barta. You yeah. might recognize me from such podcasts as my bloody podcast. Oh, I love this. I love this. Uh, congratulations on the new gig. And... Uh, Thank you. Moving north and all of that good stuff. Um, but... It's it's interesting that our podcast today is our what-numbered podcast? Thirteen. It is lucky or unlucky. I like to say lucky, number thirteen. Um, and you might think that we might be doing a Friday the 13th episode here for the 13th podcast. That's not the case, though, is it?
0: Not at all. We've done that. Yeah. Although there are plenty of other movies in that franchise, but we wanted to be a little outside the box this time. So, and, and, and shall our, I tease what it is? Oh, yeah. Or just because, reveal because
1: no, yeah, yeah. You should tease what it is, but also the number 13 is in this title. So I'm going to give you guys just a few seconds to think of what that movie might be. It's not Friday the 13th either.
0: <laughs> like he, here's a little. Here's and a, you have no idea because you didn't see what the title of the podcast is called. You just clicked on it, and yeah. it or, or you were listening to something else and then it fell in your rotation. That's true. Yeah. That's
1: absolutely what happened. Maybe it just updated in your iTunes. Or Stitcher Radio, and you're just playing it, he's like, what's happening? So, what is it? What is it today?
0: It is 13 Ghosts, not the 1960 original, the 2001 remake.
1: It it, 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 (laughs) I'm almost at a loss for words, because when Preston mentioned this, that we're doing this episode on this movie it brought flashbacks 17 years ago of seeing this movie in a the theater and <laughs> it's like those vietnam flashbacks i was super excited so i had to rewatch it again all these years later yes. to uh to really fully take it all in but we're going to get there just you wait um but yeah yeah. The
0: reason why I chose it was, uh, well, for one, I wanted to do something that was a little different than Friday the 13th and The Obvious, but this was a movie that I remember watching a whole heck of a lot when I was a kid. I did watch it in theaters, but I did as a kid. I was like 12 or something when it came out, um, but I watched it a lot on like uh, I think it came on TNT. It was heavily edited at the time, but I watched it a lot then. And then it came on like HBO or, some, or uh, Cinemax or something like that, and I watched it a lot. On so uh, I wanted to re- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to revisit it, and it's, it had been many, many years. And uh, oh boy, my opinion has changed about it. But that'll be fun to explore later on.
1: Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Um, and we'll have bloody recommendations, of course. And uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a fun episode. Lucky number 13, my bloody podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, part of the Multimedia Men Network, Preston Barta, the ladies and
0: men's men. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Well, I only have one lady in my life, <laughs> and I'm very happy.
1: <laughs> oh, boy.
0: You have no idea, Preston.
1: <laughs> um, yes, yeah, my bloody podcast. We're gonna get into some news of the horror variety because there's a lot of news just come out in the last week, which is just getting me all excited. But first, but first, I believe, I believe. I believe Preston I believe, I believe uh, has seen a movie called Unfriended. The Dark Web, or just Dark Web, there's a colon. I don't know if we spell the colon or not, but I believe Preston has seen yeah. this. And uh, I'm very curious uh, about this news, about this movie, because it's interesting.
0: Yes, so last week I gave my brief uh, review of the film. You can also find it on the Ditton Chronicle right now on DittonRC.com. And um, as of now, or at least the rumor is that there are two endings to this film that are going to be screening in theaters and you have no idea which version you're going to be watching. So if you didn't like it the first time, maybe you might like it the second time, or maybe you won't like it both times, or maybe you'll like, or or won't like it both times. And maybe you'll like it both times. So like it, don't like it, or, or like, like it one or don't like love it. the other <laughs> yeah so it's interesting choose your poison
1: yeah it's a, it's interesting ploy i don't know how they're uh, why they're going about it this way with like the whole guessing thing but it reminds yeah. me of what 28 days later did the zombie film by danny boyle mm-hmm. way back <laughs> in the day because they released 28 days later in the theater it made a fuck ton of money and then like two months into the release they re uh they did another print where they did the same movie but after the credits they showed all three alternate endings which were all pretty badass um so i wonder why they didn't go this route like they would show it this way and then just at the end of the credits they would show like one or two alternate endings just so that I mean that would get me in the theater because 28 days later that got me back in the theater again to see the movie to see these endings
0: yeah well um I would say there's a big difference in quality between 28 days later and unfriended dark web um as I've said and it seems like a lot of critics are kind of falling in line with my Uh, judgment of the film being that it's uh got some good things got some bad things but overall doesn't really uh and i did watch the first one um and i liked it much better there's a there's a lot more to kind of pull out of that film it's got a nice social message that's uh uh, a little more uh it you can invest in it uh more so than this one this one uh it starts off that way, but it ends up kind of being, uh, traditional. And, um, so I don't know. I don't, I, I assume that just because they're waiting, they're not allowing critics to really share their review if they, uh, unless they saw it at South by Southwest, they've already shared it. Um, kind of waiting until, like, Thursday at 4 p.m. to release the reviews, and it just seems like there's not a whole lot of uh, trust in the film, and maybe they're needing something to kind of pull people in more, and this might be that way. Well, we hope for the best of it, but who knows? Do we really
1: need an Unfriended 3 movie? No, no, we don't. I don't know what it would be called either. I don't know, but
0: I feel like I feel like the gimmick might uh, lose momentum by then because I saw a movie just uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yesterday. Um, Yeah, yesterday. um, That kind of does the same thing, but instead of using the same screen it like uses all sorts of technology like uh not just one singular desktop it uses phones it uses uh youtube videos and will break like cause uh have little edits every now and then that make it more engaging um so and i don't know like how much more they can really explore Um, with the dark internet concept or ghostly figures uh, within the internet haunting people unless they can find some way to kind of tap in to reality or have something to say, kind of like the first one, which is talking about cyberbullying. And it's like a way of kind of using supernatural horror to explore that. And this one is just senseless carnage. And I just don't think that there's more, too much more to tell. Um, so I'd be okay with people blocking Unfriended. <laughs> <laughs> nice pun. There's there. a pun for you.
1: I enjoyed that pun. All right. Unfriended Dark Web. If you haven't seen it yet, you might get one of two or three endings in the theater. Which one? We don't know. Uh, moving on, this news Very much excites me. It makes me, in my greasy strangler, uh, psychosis very giddy. Uh, We're going to receive a trailer on Friday, and hopefully it's not a 20-second teaser trailer. I want a full-on three-minute trailer for this movie that I've been waiting for all my life. Preston, what is it?
0: It's uh mist it's uh it's glass. I was attempting to do uh Christopher Walken but uh it's glass. You should have done all, the way. all the way glass.
1: Go all the way with it.
0: I saw the the trailer that's dropping on Friday is is uh is glass. Uh for a lot, for five long years I wore glass up my ass. And it's finally coming out. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you so much. I'm applauding with my two fingers. I love it. Um, uh, but yes. The, the so
0: this yeah, is, that's, yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah, it, yeah, me too. Um, the, seeing, uh, they've released some images uh, in the past couple of weeks, and they all look great. Costumes, design, looks awesome. Uh, Samuel Jackson as Mr. Glass has his badass coat again and he's looking extra purpley and then they even have a a shot that's kind of or a picture that they uh teased in the official poster if you've seen that you just kind of see like the feet of uh mr glass and uh the beast in the middle and then uh bruce willis on the end and um they're all like sitting down in a chair, bounded, uh, like uh, jailed in some sense, or somebody's interviewing them. And um, they have an image that's kind of teasing that. And so I wonder how they all got there. And so I'm excited to kind of get a a better sense of what the story is about because I've had so many theories and then I've listened to so many podcasts where they've talked about, like, how cool it would be to have somebody who's kind of treating uh, Mr. Glass as like the Hannibal Lecter, and they're trying to get information on how to beat the beast, and so um, it'll be interesting how it all kind of comes together. So I'm very excited about the trailer.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, Unbreakable is one of those movies that I think is one of the best films ever made. Um, it's
0: it's so really good soundtrack too.
1: Yes, it is. It's it's so good. And then Split came along, and just you know, after M Night Shyamalan's kind of obscurity in movie making with a lot of terrible films, he came back with the geriatric uh, film, uh, <laughs> <laughs> The Visit. The Visit, which was fantastic, and then and then he came out with Split, and nobody knew what Split was until that very end, and you hear the Unbreakable music. And you see Bruce Willis as his character from Breakable's like they called him Mr. Glass. And, and I mean, I remember seeing it in the theater for the first time. And just the hairs yeah. on my arm. It's just they stood up. I'm like, holy God. And then finally, M. Knight gets to make his big sequel to the film. And I'm just, I'm so happy everybody came back for it. Oh, I'm so excited. So yeah, trailer too. wise, this Friday we'll have it. I'm just hoping it's not like a 20 second trailer where it's just like text and clips from the original films. I want a full three-minute yeah, new bunch footage, trailer.
0: Of like shattered glass graphics.
1: Yeah. So we will update you. Um, next bit of news is another trailer, a movie called Overlord, which looks like Call of Duty Nazi Zombies video game. <laughs> That's <laughs> the best way i can describe <laughs> it. Oh, uh, because i am yeah. play, I I do play Call of Duty uh a little bit and with World War 2, uh Call of Duty they do have a Nazi zombie thing and it looks just like that. Uh it's JJ J. Abrams uh i don't know. The movie I I think the trailer actually looks terrible. However, there looks like it could be fun. I don't know.
0: Hmm. See, um, I have uh, somebody that I work with who's very familiar with a lot of games that are similar to this kind of storyline, but I have no background in that, so I knew a little bit about what the plot was about uh, beforehand, um, and I had heard that it has seemingly no connection to the Cloverfield franchise, however... It, there still could be, like, that thing where they steer you along, and then at the very end, it shows, like, the early stages of the Clover coming. So there's ways to kind of weave that into the storyline. So that could be exciting. But I I uh, I like the trailer okay. Um, use um, Hell's Bell's ACDC song to kind of lure you in. Um I think uh, there's there's, this, there's a movie called Five where they uh, make fun of uh, using pop songs and some uh, songs that you know as a way to kind of just uh, think make you think that you're having a good time when you really aren't. Um, but I, I had a good a good time with this because it, it's the kind of material that I like, um, and I think it's fascinating that it's exploring ideas that uh, or those things that those experiments that were talked about when Hitler was in power that he, wanted, he was uh, using mixing DNA between humans and primates as a way to kind of create super soldiers and uh, this is that exploration of it except it's like mixed with like zombies reanimator style um, so it could be bloody uh, awesome um, or it could be the polar opposite, because if uh, Cloverfield Paradox uh, is any indication, uh, it could be an absolute disaster. Uh, but I'm hopeful. It's got a good cast of a lot of actors that I recognize from uh, films like Finson and The Big Short and uh, Wyatt Russell, who I will forever call Willoughby. Because of Everybody Wants Son.
1: Absolutely. That is that character. um, Yes, yes, yes. yes. Kurt Russell's son.
0: So, yeah. I had tweeted out that that, uh, talk about a trailer that will have your dad going, oh, man, I can't wait to see this. I love war movies. To immediately be intercepted by the son saying, ooh, I love movies like The Thing. And so (laughs) there you go. Your dad might be like, "Okay, yes," and then immediately be taken over by the son who really is excited about it. With people like me, who, it's, who it's love a, the movie The a Thing, a, and yeah,
1: it's, it's a father-son bonding movie, is what Overlord's going to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, can't compromise. Here you go, Dad.
1: Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh we've got we've talked about, I believe, or at least we've both written about it. Uh Vampire Not Chronicles new. is coming to Hulu,
0: right? You excited about this? Yeah. Not really. Uh <laughs> I could kind of care less. Um <laughs> uh, I like interview with the vampire. It's fine. Um but unless this this is one of those shows where the, the material doesn't exactly excite me from the get-go, but if the reviews are good and people are saying that it's good, I'll probably give it a shot. I have Hulu, and it's easily accessible, So, but there's a lot of, you know, my time's very precious, and as you said, you have a lot of horror movies that you have to get through in the theaters and, and at home, and I just have to uh, pick and choose things that uh, interest me, and this isn't one of them at, uh, at this very moment. But it could change.
1: Yeah. Well, there it is. If you're part of... If you love the Vampire Chronicles and all that... All that tomfoolery that's not Blade. Check it out on Hulu. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Moving on to some bit of sad news. Uh, Director, American filmmaker, um, Stan Dragati, who... Has made, he only, he was only in the business for a few years, and he only made a few movies. Uh, one of his biggest movies, though, well, not his biggest movie, but horror-wise, uh, was Love at First Bite, which I believe we've talked about, right? Yeah. Love at First Bite. The director of that movie. He brought it up because I had, uh... You what? You're breaking up.
0: You there? Oh, sorry. Oh, um... God. Yeah, I brought up uh Vampire's Kiss, I think. Okay. And yes. then it's paired with that in the double feature. Right.
1: So yeah, Standragati, he passed away just is it recently? Is it today? Or is it yesterday? Uh.
0: It was on the thirteenth, July thirteenth.
1: Okay. So just Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, Friday the thirteenth. But yeah, he directed Love at First Bite, but more notably...
0: And Mr. Mom. Did,
1: yeah, directed Mr. Mom with Michael Keaton. And then his last movie he ever made was in 1991, which was the uh, Sinbad, Scott Bakula, yes. and Rob Schneider film. Kathy Ireland also was in it called Necessary Roughness about the football team.
0: Which, which was filmed in my hometown, in Texas, at the University of North Texas.
1: Yes, that was. That was when we all loved Kathy Ireland. Um, yeah, interesting, it's sad to see, but, you know, he only has, like, a few movies on his resume, it's interesting to, you know, see somebody who's made movies like Mr. Mom that are so beloved or Love at First Bite, Necessary Roughness, really not do anything after that, so I actually, I don't know why, or, who knows, but he will be missed because he did make some good movies, so watch Mr. Mom, watch Love at First Bite, watch Necessary Roughness, Uh, Stan Dragati, filmmaker. He was 85 years old. So, yeah, there we go. Um, Let's talk about our favorite movie of the year so far. It's coming to Blu-ray. Hereditary. Holy Mm shnikes. On 4K, UHD, and Blu-ray. I'm so excited. You have no idea. Um, I... So, usually, you know, people like Preston and I will get emails um, saying, like, oh, this is coming out. Do you want one? Or we're just sending you one. Mm -hmm. And when they sent me this, I definitely said, this was my favorite movie of the year so far. I can't wait. And I usually don't do that. But um, supposedly there's, like, a three-hour version of this movie or maybe a little Mm -hmm. longer uh, I don't think we're getting that here with Hereditary on 4K or Blu-ray, but we are getting deleted scenes. We are getting a featurette uh, and a photo gallery, which it doesn't seem like a packed extras Blu-ray that I'm, you know, I yeah. want more. I want commentaries out the ass with this. I want that three <laughs> and a half hour cut. I want, I want, every, I want Criterion to do this movie. Uh, But I will settle for this. I will settle for this... for this one right now. uh, Which...
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, it's good. It's good. It's kind of a good benefit and hazard, as Blade Runner would say, um, that a movie would have such few extras of this uh, as this uh, and not have a commentary because a movie that has so many interpretations, it's kind of nice when... you were just kind of left to your own thoughts and your own interpretations and you don't have a director who's saying, well, I, uh, wanted to bring about this feeling or something like that. So, um, maybe it, it'll probably be more interesting to see how time treats this movie and maybe interpretations will change, especially after it's, people can just watch it over and over and pick out different meanings when it's out on video that, um, it might be more exciting to have like a Scream Factory release or a Criterion. It kind of seems more like a Criterion at the, at this point, um, kind of release down the line. But uh, uh, like you said, there's uh, a decent amount of uh, special features and at least nine deleted scenes, which doesn't exactly make up for having like uh, a solid. Um, three-hour cut from beginning to end, but um, maybe there'll still be some interesting material in, within that that, are, that make up for it at least a little bit.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm there with you. I am I really, uh, you know, it, it's such an interesting movie, and I was like, I feel like they dropped the ball on extras here because, like, while we don't need, I mean, it would be fun to have a director's commentary, and it'd be, like, really engaging and fun, Uh, However to have like the actors Kind of do a commentary and talk about like Making this crazy movie would be even better Not necessarily technical aspects Or um, Like this is what this means Like oh shit yeah I remember setting this guy on fire And fuck my head came off I feel like that would be fun Uh, In addition to Or that
0: it could just get Arnold Schwarzenegger To do it And (laughs) if you've ever listened to any of his Audio commentaries he will just tell you exactly what's happening as it's happening on screen. Yes, yes it is. Uh, no
1: Case in point, go seek out the Blu-ray Total Recall and <laughs> listen to him do a commentary track on that. Because even the TriStar logo with the Pegasus flying at the screen... You'll hear Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, here I am coming (laughs) at the screen.
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ! Here's me uh, lighting Gabriel Byrne on fire. Except that's not me. That's Tony (laughs) (laughs) Collette. Yes, it's pretty funny. Uh,
1: And also, I think it would be fun to like, you know, have extras or like maybe the behind the scenes stuff of like because there's a lot of like old nude people in this movie, and it would just be fun to kind of. Yeah. Kind of shit, and supposedly in this movie, what I've been reading is like almost every shot. There's like somebody in the background watching uh, you, Uh, like Mm. so somebody. So it'd be kind of cool to like pick out all the places. I don't know. I I guess what I'm saying is that I am so excited for this movie. I really wanted like three hours or four hours worth of extras here. But I'm settling because I, I love this movie. They can give me whatever they want, and I'll buy it.
0: Take my money.
1: Yeah. It, it take, Shut up and take my money, as I would say. Uh, so that comes out September 4th. We got a month and a half, but uh, we can wait a little bit because it'll be that much sweeter. So, mm-hmm. all right. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else we have? Oh! Holy God, we have some toys to buy. <laughs> yes. Cha, 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 chia. Yep. Go,
0: go for the it. The 90s buddy. are calling.
1: Yeah, the 90s are calling again, and which is like, you know, it's all retro and shit. So, yeah. Preston, what are they releasing and why?
0: Um, I don't know why, but they are releasing chia pets, if you remember those things. Um, for Predator, Ghostbusters, and Gremlins,
1: so Chia Pet with Predator, Ghostbusters, and Gremlins. I get Predator in a way that it's like the Dreads. I get Gremlins for perhaps the little spikey hair thing. Ghostbusters, I do not get. I am. I mean, even the dogs were fucking hairless in that movie. Uh, I don't get it. I don't know where they're going It's green.
0: It could be the green
1: slime guy. The gr- so he just grows all over his body? Is that what we're going for here?
0: Trim this unnecessary hair. <laughs> I feel so funky.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't get the Ghostbusters thing. And hopefully it's the original Ghostbusters, right? Not like the... Not the new one, not the the recent one with the women, right?
0: N- no. So, yeah, behind. it is um, Slimer, and it's going to be, like, it, it. it's his body growing, so it's made to look like he's getting fatter. So you would trim his body, and that's how uh, Predator, it's like you're trimming his hair. He's oh. got, like, soul glow hair. <laughs> and you can trim it. Just And like, yes. uh, for gremlins, you're also trimming the body for some reason. But is it Gizmo, have, like, or is it actually like yeah. the
1: gremlin? It's Gizmo. But Gizmo's it's Gizmo is not fucking green. I don't the, know. The man. other the uh, other bad guys are green. It doesn't make sense to me. Chia Pet, what well, are you doing? We. What can, what can we make, what can we tell Chia Pet to put out that would be better than Ghostbusters <laughs> Gremlins right now?
0: Oh.
1: I'm trying to think. I don't God. know. I, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm gonna, I'll probably know. have a good one by next week, but I'm <laughs> on the spot. I can't think of one. We'll have to think, we'll have to think on that. Um. Uh e- oh here we Surely go. there's like some obscure movie that you like that involves someone like trimming their downstairs or something. Dude, Wolverine
1: have his sideburns and his fucking crazy hair. That would be badass. I would buy that to Pet. Yeah. <laughs> there
0: There you go. <laughs> uh, um,
1: all right. Moving on. Uh so I would imagine. All of us who are listening to this podcast, at one point in time, if you're not born like in 2000, the year year 2000, um, you probably stepped foot inside a video store, and perhaps that video store was Blockbuster. That was the jammy jam jams on Friday and Saturdays. That place was packed. It was air conditioned. There was candy, and there was tons of movies that I always loved seeing. And getting and looking at the covers of even the naughty sections of the titties on the back covers, uh, but also horror movies too. But it seems like finally, not finally, sorry, not sorry, there's only one blockbuster, (laughs) and then there were
0: and then there were one,
1: yeah, there was was one. One One is the loneliest number. Why can't we get rid of blockbuster already? There's one hanging on, and (laughs)
0: why won't you die? It, and it, um, it's in
1: the most hipsterous place, right?
0: Uh yeah, so the there were 3 before this and there were uh there was one two in Alaska, one in Anchorage and one in Fairbanks, <laughs> well, Alaska. Well,
1: it travels there years after it reaches us. So, I mean, those Eskimos are really Yeah.
0: Just... <laughs> they don't even know what Blu-ray is yet. <laughs> yeah. They still have DVDs and DHS over there. Yeah. Um so, yeah, the last one that is left is in Bend, Oregon. Hipster. So place if you it. yeah, if you want to go up there, there's there you can get your nice taste of nostalgia. Otherwise, if there's only one left, who knows how much longer that one will survive. I'm going to
1: tell you, if I'm in Bend, Oregon, I am going to walk into that blockbuster. That will be part of the trip in the itinerary because I want nostalgia shot all over my face by walking into a blockbuster... And hopefully they have stores <laughs> and shirts that I can buy that say Blockbuster. And I want a membership card. Damn it!
0: Yeah, I still have my membership card. I uh, tucked that away in a keepsake box.
1: <laughs> it's in my time capsule that I buried. Um, I actually yep. don't know if I have my Blockbuster card. I had I had several video store cards. Blockbuster was one of them. And I I'm telling you, I used to, I, I read video yeah. games. And interestingly enough, I never worked in a video store until college where I worked at a mom-and-pop video store called Couch Potato Video. And, yes, folks, it did have a couch in there uh, where you can watch movies on a big screen TV. This video store I worked at in Lawrence, Kansas, actually had a back porn section, too, that had its own door and everything. So that was really interesting. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, Payless Video and Ditton had one just like that. Uh, I don't think it had a couch or anything like that, but it was the the video store that I remember going to the most, even though Blockbuster was right next to uh, my mom's shop, Um, and so I would spend, you know, whenever she would take me to work, because I had nowhere else to go, I would spend a lot of my time going into Blockbuster, but... Uh, Payless Video had, like, the better selection, the better horror selection, but I remember them having the adult thing, adult section that had a curtain and everything.
1: You know Um, what? I've got to tell uh, you, one of the... They're sadly all gone. Yeah, they're all gone. It's so upsetting because, I mean, it used to be packed in there. At least the one I worked at all the time. People loved running movies. People loved talking. I loved working there. I loved that job. I just, got, I just put on horror movies all the time in the store and watch them. And I got to talk about movies all day. People come in. You're like, oh, yeah, you, need, you see this one? You need to see this one. Uh, blockbuster.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. Do, do you, and they're do, all kind of like even – go ahead. I was going to
1: ask you. Do you think that video stores will one day make a resurgence like like vinyl has or like pol- fucking uh, polaroid cameras?
0: I think they could um I know Alamo Draft House has I think it's going to happen in Frisco um in Frisco, Texas, they're going to be uh Making a part video store slash movie theater where you can actually rent. Uh, I imagine it's probably going to be a lot of the draft house films and or mondo releases or things like that that kind of tie to the brand somehow. But um, or films that have screened at Fantastic Fest. But um, they very well could. Um, I know even tape is making a comeback in yeah, a lot of VHS ways. I, is I,
1: making a comeback. It's, it's weird to me.
0: Yeah, Uh, I actually, I still own a lot of my VHSs, and whenever I go to antique shops, I uh, 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 look for any Nightmare on Elm Streets and things like that to kind of use as keepsakes. I got like three versions of, uh, or three copies of Daisy Confused on tape, because that's my favorite movie of all time.
1: Do, Do you have a VCR that you watch these in?
0: Yeah. uh, Well, I had a DVD and VHS uh, combo, but uh, it recently broke not too long ago. But uh, uh, one of my wife's friends actually gave me a VHS player. So and a lot of the movies that I own. Um, as a kid, we naturally kids' movies, like Disney films. And so I'm excited to watch a lot of those with my son. And um, there's some titles that I don't, I don't even think are on Blu-ray or DVD yet, or they're just, I have them and it's more convenient. Cool, cool, cool.
1: I like this. I like this. Um, we should bring up quickly, quickly, uh, mm-hmm. it looks like, Uh, The Walking Dead executive producer and Evil Dead Army of Darkness makeup wizard and producer Greg Nicotero is bringing a TV series called Creepshow, which is going to be just like the movies Creepshow 1 and 2, an anthology series coming uh, to Shudder. If you don't know what Shudder is, that is like the horror movie app channel network type of thing. Uh, but I'm glad Nicotero, because he's the uh, horror, horror maestro these days, and bringing Creepshow, something like Creepshow anthology stuff, is just a lot of fun. Unfortunately, it's on Shudder. I wish it was like getting bigger, something like Netflix or Hulu, but I'm still okay with this, because anything with Creepshow, I'm in. Right? Yes. Are you? Are you? Same
0: here. And I'm ex- yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm excited about uh, Scream Factory putting out that nice little collector's edition of uh, creep show.
1: Yes, uh Scream Factory is doing that and it's going to be one of those like they did for Nightbreed it's going to be very special edition limited. Get that.
0: Yeah. Like it's I, th- I believe it's already sold out.
1: Yeah. Well, cuz it's Creep Show, man, it's going to be awesome. It's yeah. so good. Um and then one more little bit of news before we get into bloody recommendations. Uh, if anybody remembers Attack of the Killer Tomatoes or Return of the Killer Tomatoes, this is where George Clooney got his start. It looks like there is a new movie in the works, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, my God. Um, I'm in. I'm all the way in. So, we'll see yeah. what happens here. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, me too, because I, uh... Not too long ago, got the NDD Rewind collection, which I absolutely love those collection, uh, that collection series. Uh, I think their second or the first? No, it's the second. The second video that they put out was Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And then I recently, because uh, we have another store Kind of like Movie Trading Co. Um, that sells like recy- recycled books, and they're called recycled books, and they ha- they sell Blu-rays and things like that. And every once in a while, you can stumble across an Arrow release or a Screen Factory release for Dirt Cheap, and they had a return of the Killer Tomatoes there, and I got that sucker for ten bucks, and uh, it was an Arrow release, and so I haven't seen that. I have never never seen that one. And so I'm excited to watch that sometime soon. Very cool.
1: Yeah. it's uh... They're they're silly, fun movies. And if they're doing another one, I'm in. I'm so in. All right. Bloody recommendation time?
0: Yes, sir. Should I go first? Yeah, you can go first this time.
1: All right. My bloody recommendation on my bloody podcast for the 13th episode is a movie from 2012. It's a movie called chained chained is a pretty brutal, unapologetic, psychological thriller, horror. Um, I'm going to say it's like thriller and horror. All chained takes you out of your comfort zone and you'll talk about it for a few days afterwards. It's, It's, it's really good. Um, this is one of your your serial killer horror movies type of thing, uh, and it's directed by Jennifer Lynch and stars the amazing uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, who we all know from Full Metal Jacket and Adventures of Babysitting, uh, and the remake of Magnificent Seven. And, oh, what else? Jurassic World. (laughs) Jurassic World. You've seen him. Oh, Daredevil. He was Kingpin in Daredevil. Um, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's so good. So Chain starts off uh, with this nine-year-old boy and his mother who are dropped off uh, at their local movie theater. Um, And uh, this little boy and his mom are going to see a horror movie, which is kind of cool. Once the film is over, they are supposed to take a cab home, uh, and uh, they get a taxi with a guy named Bob, who's Vincent D'Onofrio. So soon after they get in the car, uh, something—you just know that they're not. Bob's not going to the right place, and he drive. Bob drives uh, these this boy and his mother to his place and ah, there it is he kills his mother but he does not kill the boy instead he raises the boy to be a serial killer and it is so scary and creepy and weird and so good um this is a movie that like it, like i said before it takes you out of your comfort zone it's <laughs> there is some Crazy subject matter, uh, and there are some scenes here that were probably difficult to shoot for everybody involved, but oh my god, it's uh, it's insanely good, and the weird twist ending just will be stuck in your mind for a while. Look up Chained. It didn't get a wide release in theaters, um, but look for it. It was a Stars Anchor Bay uh, release back in 2012. Um, and there's audio commentary by Vincent D'Onofrio and Jennifer Lynch. There's an alternate, uh, ending. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. Highly recommend the movie Chained. Please go
0: see it. Hmm. Very cool. What is yours, Preston? All right. Uh, mine is a documentary. Uh, you've probably seen it, Brian. Uh, it's called... The Nightmare oh. came out in 2015.
1: The, the Nightmare. And yes, 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 yes. Because I think this movie hits close home to you, right?
0: Big time. Big time. I was very excited about it because, uh, well, for one, um, you and I are big fans of The Shining. And the director of The, the Nightmare, Rodney Asher, also directed Room 237, um, which is a pretty cool for the most part. Um documentary, uh, about the shining or it explores a lot of the theories of the shining without the talking head approach. It's just like, uh, like a video essay form where they got people just do a narration. And so, uh, Rodney Asher always tries to find ways, or at least from these two films, uh, ways to kind of, uh, break the mold and tell stories or, uh, present documentary, documentaries in a, a new way and so you got that film and then you got the nightmare which uh is partly it's kind of like he makes these really well done dramatizations and so what the film is about is something that i suffer from which is sleep paralysis
1: which sounds scary s- as shit what is that
0: yeah so sleep paralysis is this terrifying condition it's It's when either it's it's when someone's either fallen asleep or awakening and temporarily experiences like an inability to move or speak um, I can't tell you it probably happens maybe about six maybe ten times a year for me. Uh, it happened a couple of weeks ago, actually or maybe it was uh, last week even. Um, I remember, so, so what happens and it's different for other people, but for, in most cases, uh, you are dreaming that you're laying down in your bed and then you look up and then you see a shadowy figure, a demonic presence of some sort, and it just causes you to freeze. And the, it's a weird feeling to have because, uh, like I was explaining what sleep paralysis is, you kind of feel in. In between awake and asleep, like you, you have like access to your brain, like more so than normal, where you can kind of be like, oh, I'm dreaming now. And so that's what happens. So whenever I see like these demonic uh, presence or shadowy figures, I I sense that it's evil and it just causes me to freeze and I'm trying to wake myself up. So you just like shake. And so that's what happens. My wife will like be the one that wakes me up because she's like, you're you're like having a seizure. What's going on? Stop it. And, um, coincidentally, when I was a kid, I used to have seizures until I was six. And so, uh, we used to always think that that was kind of tied, but they're, they're, they're different. But, um, so the documentary explores like eight cases, eight different cases about this. And, um, it gets a little repetitive um as, or it lulls a lot in the middle but uh same way with uh room 237 like room 237 like it, it like starts off with a bang and has you hooked and then in the middle you're like ah do we really need this and then we keep moving on and then it, it's fine again and so it's pretty similar but um so, the nightmare is very good, and it ratches up like dread through a series of all these uh, eight different accounts, and these eight individuals tell their stories of how they found themselves trapped between the worlds of sleep and awake, uh, completely unable to react when a uh, like i said like a shadow of figure or some kind of demonic presence he enters their dreams and they may be aware of their surroundings but they're 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 also like subject to frequent disturbing sights and sounds and um so i feel that uh rodney asher the director does a pretty good job of melding the worlds of documentary and feature like i said he includes uh he does include in this film the talking head approach, but uses like a lot of swift and creative camera movements and shots and spooky lighting and color and haunting music to make it feel as though like you're getting like an anthology series where each person just has the the, the floor to kind of tell their story. And then Rodney uh, thinks of a way to kind of make it like eight different horror movies in one Um, and and some are very scary and then others are kind of like cheap and outlandish, but overall it feels pretty real. And, uh, which is why, uh, I, I feel that the nightmare is not your average documentary, but, uh, if if you want to even categorize it as, as that, but it's, it's its own thing. And I feel that the film uh, digs deep, not only to the particulars of these eight people's otherworldly experiences, but it also explores the subject's research to understand the condition and how it has affected their lives. It's it's a very peculiar condition that also has led me to do a lot of research of my own and, uh, and it's some kind of weird bridge between like earth and hell and uh, there's something like mystical about it and uh, it's pretty frightening. So um, if you have sleep paralysis – uh, you should definitely watch this film. Uh, I believe it's on Netflix right now, and it's pretty. It's a it's a brisk watch. Uh, or if this at all interests you, um, watch the documentary. Cool. So that is the that is the nightmare.
1: The nightmare. There it is. It is a damn good movie, and I like it. Uh, so yeah. Yes. Bloody recommendations for episode thirteen: The Nightmare Enchained seek them out. But on to the main event folks, 13 Ghosts from 2001. So good that it's like seven. It has a number 13 in the title. Yes. With 13 uh T H I R Those
0: clever filmmakers and marketers.
1: <laughs> it's really funny. Uh so um yeah, so what is this? so the plot of this movie 13 Ghosts is really weird. Actually, you got to think that the plot of this movie kind of in a way might have persuaded the makers of Saw the first movie cuz there's yeah. a lot of weird contraptions in this movie with these said ghosts in there. But Preston what is what? What give us the the overall plot of this movie?
0: Okay, uh, so uh, it it kind of blew my mind that I didn't even remember that F. Murray Abraham was uh, the main guy in this movie. I think the last thing I remember watching him in was the Grand Budapest Hotel.
1: Yeah it, it, it's it's a hell of it's a hell of a cast
0: for really, sure. Really, yeah it's it's got Monk in it and uh and Beth Davis, Matthew, army of darkness is in it Shannon Elizabeth Matthew Lillard yeah crazy yeah lots of good lots of good people but um so it's about this guy named uh, Cyrus uh Criticos, and he's like this rich very rich uh collector and of all these like crazy different things and and then uh he dies uh, he li- he leaves his fortune to his uh, nephew and his and his family, and it, it includes this house and his fortune. And um, this house is is uh, not just any nor in any ordinary house. And what's crazy is that, that in the beginning in this move of this, this movie, when the family arrives at the house and uh, Gets, uh, begins to understand like what they've inherited. Uh, that they, Shannon Elizabeth is like, because well, they're a kind of family. Well, not really dysfunctional, but they uh, don't have a whole lot of money, so it's a unique experience for them. It's kind of like you know Charlie going to the chocolate factory, except there's no chocolate, just a bunch of murderous ghosts. <laughs> and um... <laughs> uh, so yeah, Shannon Elizabeth goes into picks out her room and then jumps on the bed and it's just like, I love this house, but everybody in the audience, or I assume, or, you know, watching it today, I was like, nothing about that house seems homey at all. And I would just love to be like, well, this thing exists. uh, I, I'm not, it, it could be just because, you know, Hey, it's a horror movie. These characters are doomed from the start. They're, 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 there's going to be a lot of deaths. there's ghosts in it, and that's the reason why I feel this re- way about this house. But it's a creepy-looking house. It's a glass house that has all these uh, Latin uh, subscriptions all over the, the walls, and um, it just does not give a home feel at all. And uh, there's kind of like a shady feeling or uncomfortable, uneasy feeling going on the entire time. And as they find out later on, uh, this house is a big machine that is like the eye to hell, and it's operated by those who are dead, and it's uh, these twelve ghosts. Uh, and then you, you know, later find out that uh, maybe one of them is the thirteenth ghost, and they they serve a big purpose. But um, so yeah. it's like
1: Sixth sense. They were dead the whole time.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> It's it's like uh it's like the cute the, the whole house is like that what Hellraiser carries around or bed, and, or the the Cenobites um, yeah the, the, like, um, the, like, the,
1: like the ghosts like are like Cenobite esque they're like we're all really weird looking and scary looking and the house itself is like there's a lot of glass in this movie speaking of Mister Glass. It's like a lot of like panes of glass yeah. and chains and metal it gets really weird that's why i always thought like saw like these are like rooms like for people to die in saw basically
0: or cabin in the woods yeah it's like the 13 ghosts or, or 12 ghosts for the. hey there's like little glass little things going on there too but uh yeah each uh ghost has it is very distinct and uh uh I'd be curious to know what are some of your favorite ghosts in the film, because that's I think that's what's really cool about this movie is that uh, the ghosts are done practically, which is very different from the 1960 film. Well, they were done practically, but, um, you know, it was the 1960s, so they didn't have the ability to kind of pull off this uh, ghost you feel without making it look like, you know, uh, Uh, some kind of like tracing over the film to kind of make it look like it's a ghost. But this one that it's done practically, they're, they're, they're real people that have tons and pounds of makeup on them and all sorts of cool, uh, contraptions. Like there's one, one ghost that has this box I think she's the jackal, um, or the jokester and she, yeah. Um, I think that one was yeah, my she's, favorite. Yeah, she's just in like it, a
1: straight jacket and a head cage, basically. And it's just super... She's super scary.
0: Yeah. Or he's super scary. And then there's one guy... Yeah. And they have one guy that uh, is huge. And he has like all these railroad spikes through his body. I think his name is The Hammer. <laughs> and um, he the, likes to the, break the, people in Is he the one that breaks somebody in half? I believe so, yes.
1: And the the the, the funnier yeah. one is like basically just like a stomach.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or or the the fat baby giant ass baby and the small mom.
1: Yes. Uh they <laughs> it's really pretty funny. Um so, some of them are actually pretty scary. And I remember the trailer of this movie and the Jackal one, the, uh, with the straight Jack in the head cage was super scary. Uh, but some of the other ones are just kind of, mm, where they? they, they, they lost us here,
0: but yeah. Um, like the, the, the film opens with this one who's not super scary looking, but the way that they kind of make it feel, uh, that, that's another thing about this movie. Uh, it definitely is of its time. It is shot and edited like it came straight out of the early two thousands. Um, <laughs> yes. Coincidentally, uh, I uh, rec or on Friday the Thirteenth, instead of watching like one of the eight Friday the 13ths, I watched uh, Freddy vs Jason, and I haven't watched that movie in years, and it's so two thousands too. And uh, the reason why I say that is like the the soundtrack feels like it was taken from '97, "One the Eagle" with God smack and "Shine Down" and bands like that, um, <laughs> with like this kind of uh, cheesy editing style. Uh, Friday third, uh, "Freddie vs Jason" does it a little more subtly. It's a little better in that one, but this one like amps it up to the nth degree, and it's kind of annoying. Uh, like one of the things about the ghosts to kind of make them feel fleeting, like they're there and they go away, is uh, the camera does a lot of these like quick flashes, uh, like, um, like what they a shoot
1: like strobe light uh, effects. Yes.
0: Yeah, and, and they use like sound effects to kind of like amp that up. They're like or, or something like that to kind of uh, give off that feeling, and it's I think that's a pretty big uh, fault of the film, uh, watching it today, at least right. probably worked a little better when I was a, when I was 11 or 12. Yeah. Cause you're like
1: quick cuts. yeah, the oh, And then now it's, it,
0: yeah. Yeah. Like, like then I was the only thing I was thinking is like, this is a rated R movie. It's a horror movie. It's awesome. Yay. Didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I sounded, I sounded like I was four when I was 12. <laughs> That's how it happened. You still, now you sound um, 12
1: and, <laughs> And, yeah, yeah,
0: you're you're much older. At 28, you sound like you're. you're yeah, they, they they always confuse me with my mom when I answer <laughs> the phone. Um, so I guess some pros is yeah the practical I, effects. Yeah, the practical effects. Good.
1: I th- I think some of the good things about this movie are basically just all visual. Like, yes, there yeah. are some cool actors, but like. How, like, all the practical effects, the house, it all looks visually really cool and pretty scary. But that's as Mm -hmm. far as, I think, you know, what the good things are about this movie.
0: Yeah. Um, There's also some really good death scenes in this film. True. true, Um, true. One that happens early on is, uh, at this point, we're in spoiler territory. Um, So... Prepare for that. Um, one is uh, a lawyer, and he's the lawyer that uh, he's a F. Murray, Abraham's lawyer, who is communicating with the family to let them know, hey, this is what you inherited. Um, so his whole job is to deliver the message, and then he can just take the money and go. But as it turns out, once he gets the family there, does his part of the job, and he goes to the room to go collect his, his fund, um, his check, it's uh, in a suitcase, all this cash, and then when he lifts up the, the the suitcase, it triggers the locks on the house. And so everybody who's inside is uh, in a prison and are not getting out. And uh, before that, and that's another thing, um, one of the ghosts that we see, she's completely nude. Um, so the gender politics of this film do not ring so good today because as the lawyer's going to go collect his money uh you can wear these special glasses and that's a thing that's kind of taken from the 1960s uh film um to watch the 1960s film you can put on these glasses so you could see the ghosts in the film otherwise you wouldn't see them and so this movie brings it into the movie and uh, people can put on these special glasses and are able to see the ghosts out in uh, within the house, inside the house. And so this lawyer is walking by, and he has the glasses on, and he sees uh, uh, this naked woman um, tits out and everything, and he even comments on it saying, nice tits and uh what so, yeah, else are you supposed you to say Negative. in that situation uh, <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> but um but then there's like you know a ghost that's attacking shannon elizabeth's character and i think it's the jokester or the jackal whatever it's called uh the thing with the cage on its head and it's uh ripping her shirt open and i was like of course yes 2000s movie you're exactly yes this is what you're doing but go back to to the lawyer, lawyer gets it pretty good. Uh, so once he realizes he's totally fucked and he just got this money, but he's going to die because as the locks, you know, are you know shutting down the entire house, certain doors are opening, and so the ghosts at that point were blocked off. Like people could just walk and then wouldn't even know that they're there. I mean, if they had the glasses on, they uh, would be able to see that they're they're contained. But at this point, uh, the, the doors have opened. And so uh, the lawyer uh, meets death and one of the one of the glasses, one of the glass uh, walls closes doors, uh, like closes in on his body and completely cuts his body in half yeah. from like a side view. And it causes his body to kind of like one part of it to slide down. Own. and so i remember that image pretty well from when i was a kid but uh and it still holds up pretty well today but um there's other like death scenes that are pretty good i've also noticed uh from 2000s horror movies especially after watching freddie versus jason again um there's a i guess filmmakers like to like break people in half um oh the, in the beginning scene. uh <laughs> Yeah, the bed. Scene. The bed scene, Freddie Yeah, the the bed scene in Freddy versus Jason. But then the opening of this film, when they're trying to locate uh, one of the ghosts, to, who's like the last puzzle piece they need to kind of get this going. Um, he breaks a dude in half by so that it takes place in a junkyard, and so they pull one goon. Through and it causes him to like snap in half and then pull through.
1: It's it's so good.
0: <laughs> it's one of
1: my favorites.
0: So uh, yeah. suffers the same fate. Yeah, it,
1: there, there there are some good deaths. Yeah, that, I would say that's a good thing. There's some there's some fun deaths in that movie. Minus the practical effects, I get it. But then then there's like the bad parts of the movie too, and just like. Characters and story really don't go anywhere. It all seems kind of lazy, I don't know, to me.
0: Yeah, a lot of people, um, a lot of the characters, I guess the actors uh, who are portraying these characters, just don't seem to really care. Or um, they're like the father, uh, played by the monk actor. Um, totally he, just to, Yes. He or Polly or um, Men in Black uh he he uh he doesn't seem to care about saving his family that much because uh whenever it comes to like somebody attacking him he just lets it happen he's just like not really putting up a fight until uh the very end when he has to make a leap of faith and um yeah there's a lot of like character uh motivations that are kind of wacky and then um a lot of dialogue that's not very good and, uh, I do like Matthew Lillard, uh, in horror films, but, uh, in this one, he has like a, a sidekick, uh, or an extra sense, if you will, uh, the ability to kind of touch people like the storm of the century, he can like touch people and then like their whole <laughs> life kind of flashes before the, uh, before him and he knows everything about them and, uh, anything that's kind of related to death. And so he has, like, all, his spidey senses tingling all over the film. And, um, yeah, he can be fun at times. His but he could also be very annoying.
1: His seventh sense.
0: <laughs> yes, true.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thirteen ghosts. True. Yeah, it, so I guess another thing is, like, I think, like Preston said earlier, I think some of the editing is kind of rough. As yes. is uh, kind of like all the strobe light effects and crescendos to even like amp up these scares, which don't really do it. Um, there's just there, there's it's way too much. It's used way too much in the whole film. I can understand a couple times, but yeah. that's, uh, that's like that's the shtick.
0: Yeah, I think I would have totally just abandoned abandoned that altogether and kind of not even go with that idea of them kind of being fleeting and just have, you know, you put on the glasses, you see them, let that just be the thing. And, and if you don't have them on, you're, you're screwed. You, and just let, I mean, that's a fact.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That is, that's how that works. That is, that is how that works. So, I don't know. Uh, With 13 Ghosts, we have to talk about the director. His name is Steve Beck, and he only did two things ever. This movie, and then the year after, he did that horrible movie, horror film called Ghost Ship. Uh, Sea of Evil. And you got to think, I guess he gave it his best. He's like, no, I'm done. I made two horror movies, and that was it. And not good horror movies either. Well, I would say this one's decent enough to wor- watch, but Ghost Ship, definitely not. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Uh, n- no. Uh, I mean, they don't hold up well at all. Uh, I think, well, well, he came from, like, visual effects. He did stuff like The Abyss and uh, The Hunt for Red October and- so he's made – he's been a part of some really uh, acclaimed films, but – and he was just taking his own stab at it because, uh, you know, it's uh, – the the visual effects are at least good in these movies. But there's more to films than the visual aesthetics. I mean, uh, th- characters have to work. You have to be relatable. You have to invest in these people. Otherwise, the, the, there's no stakes. And – um There's some, there's some there, like you kind of care for the family, but, but at the same time, you're just like, you're more, uh, interested in the ghosts themselves. Um, you kind of want to just see them not in this, uh, uh, state where they're just flashing and flash, uh, flashing on and off screen. You kind of want to just see them just go crazy on these people, I guess kind of like that movie 31 or something Yes. yeah, just, just having them go nuts Um, like making it like the raid, like they have to, they just, um, just like one giant kill house,
1: which, which can get tedious, but it's still fun. And they know exactly what it is. I think this tried to be more, something more.
0: Yeah. Tried. It tried. It tried. And I'm, yeah, I mean, it is a cool idea of like being able to just open the eye of hell and then, and there there's, there's, uh, something that's. You know, these characters uh, work into that puzzle, but um, it's 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 a movie of 2000 and it feels like it and it plays like it. And um, it's it's decent. It's entertaining. It's not very good. uh, Blow your socks off or anything like that, but uh, it'll do.
1: (laughs) It'll do. We'll come back in 10 years and revisit to see if it's held up. (laughs) uh but yeah but overall i think 13 ghosts if you haven't seen it i mean you should see it just like because they don't make kind of movies like this anymore like at least with all the practical effects and even with this kind of a cool cast for this type of movie um yeah but yeah
0: yeah, at, at this point, movies like this go straight to DVD, or you don't even see them because you haven't heard of them yet. But this one at least made it into theaters, especially after you know Scream kind of launched horror in a mainstream direction again. Uh, I mean, it never went away, but it it there, there was like a certain like modern style that came after that, and um, yeah, and uh, movies it, like uh, I. I I don't know what you did last summer and things like that.
1: Right. And anyway, this movie made money. Like it made, I mean, the budget was around $40 million and it made a, a bit over that. So I don't think it was a failure per se, but, you know, I, yeah, you don't see these movies like this in a theater anymore, really, but, or sometimes do, but not, not in this Capacity, and I think it's just kind of like it's stuck in history. It's like it's part of that. Like like Preston said, two thousand one is written all over this movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Enjoy the nostalgia, shooting you in the face.
0: Yes. So I think that about does it.
1: Yes, for our thirteenth episode, my bloody podcast, uh, thirteen goes from two thousand one. We had. We had bloody recommendations of the Nightmare documentary and Chained. Talk some good news. But next week will be our 14th episode. Number 14. And we have another theme for number 14, don't we?
0: Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And that is 1981's Saturday the 14th. And uh, like you, maybe... um, I had no idea this movie existed. I think you shared it with me, uh, Brian, and I was like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I looked at the cast, and I was like, oh, wow, okay, <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor is in this. Um, um, yeah.
1: Have you That'll watched it fun yet?
0: Too. I haven't watched it yet, because my mind's been focused on 13 Ghosts and other things. And so, yeah, I'm going to uh, open in this can of worms on over the weekend and uh see how that goes
1: yeah you uh, this is one of those movies i always saw in the local video store uh so and you, if those of you who remember this i mean i think only people mostly my age or older will remember this movie but it's one of those movies that's been long forgotten and needs to be brought up because it's super funny it's we're going to be talking about next week for our fourteenth episode. I'm super excited for Preston to watch this, so um, we're going to have a good time with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, is there is there a movie called like Sunday the fifteenth or something?
1: There was uh, a, a, uh, a like kind of a sequel called Saturday the fourteenth Strikes Back.
0: <laughs> mm.
1: But there's not a Sunday the fifteenth yet. However, that could be a good idea for a screenplay. <laughs> just saying. Dibs. Dibs. I got dibs on dibs. Uh, oh. So that's it, folks. That's what we'll be doing next week. But uh, thanks for listening to us. We are My Blade Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Preston Barta and Brian Kluger. Uh, you can find me at BoomstickComics.com and highdefdigest.com where I just write about, you know, porn basically. No, not really porn, but... High death equipment, Blu-rays, four Ks, movies, wrestling, pro wrestling. Mm. And all the likes. And Preston, where 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 can everybody find you and call you and mail you and
0: email you and and sing to you? Oh boy. Um, my number is eight six seven five three oh nine. Um <laughs> Is your number's still 9 one uh, Oh, righty Yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Preston Barta, B-A-R-T-A. And, and I am on two different things. I am in the Ditton Record Chronicle, dittonrc.com. You can find my theatrical reviews and interviews and Blu-rays and all some fun stuff like that and then i'm also on fresh where i'm the features editor uh keeping my uh writers in line no they're good they're good people um so yeah that's where i am
1: heck yeah those are the good places to be my bloody podcast number 13 subscribe to us please we love you and we'll see you on the other side of that horror realm next week